I think from a client standpoint, the key things is to figure out what that person is trying to accomplish. It isn't the company, it's the person that you're dealing with. I have hotel clients that our point of contact was the reservation supervisor because they don't have specifically marketing. And she worked for the revenue manager who was our, our main contact. These are people that have no idea what we do. Those are the kinds of people that we have to deal with to try to extract what it is we need to be able to, whether it's fix the website or get the social media. It really takes a lot of effort. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of More Clients, Less Efforts. I am joined by an incredibly experienced marketer and guest today in the form Ross Brezovar, who's coming to me from the, almost the opposite side of the world, if we were to drill a hole through it, I think, Ross, from the yep. Caribbean island of Aruba. Ross, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, it's great to get. We've connected through a mutual connection. We, we chatted last week a little bit in a somewhat aborted attempt at this podcast when I had no voice whatsoever. No, you didn't. But I'm almost over my cold, and it was great to have you back on. Now, Ross, you've been in the marketing game for an incredibly long time and have got like almost a who's who of, you know, brand name clients like the Marriott's and and Hooters and Benny Haha and, you know, Domino's Pizza amongst others, you know, incredible list of clientele. And you've sort of built that over a very, very long time. And I'm actually sort of excited to sort of drill into some of the things that you've been doing over that time. But first up, mate, you know, let's talk about the sort of big elephant in the room. How does one find themselves to be living on a Caribbean island? Yes, most people will work and live their life until they can retire and move to a Caribbean island. I did it just the complete opposite. But the simple truth is it was a woman. We met in the States. She was doing her internship at the hotel that I was working at. And this was 35, 36 years ago. Had no idea where Aruba was at the time. But I told my boss, I'm following her. And the rest is history. There we go. So that was back in the 90s. Were you working in marketing at that stage? Or you, you know, I know you've got a, a big hospitality and hotel background. How did you find yourself going from that into the marketing space? Or was it just, I'm here in Aruba now, you know, what does one do? No. What brought me to Aruba was Hyatt Regency Corporation. So we opened the Hyatt Regency here in 1990. And it was really at that time. Now, I had, believe it or not, in 1979, 80, 81, 82, when I was in high school, I actually went to a very large high school where we actually had a computer lab. And I absolutely loved the computers. Now, we're talking old school, right? We're talking basic, COBOL, key card, key punch machines, you know, the big stacks, that kind of computer. I used to love computers. And when I moved to Aruba, it was one of the first hotel jobs that I had that I actually had to work with computers. More often, and that was back, back in the old Windows days when Windows was coming out, and you had you know Word, or Perfect, you know those were like you know oh my god, you, instead of trying to type on a typewriter, you could actually you know put it into a Word doc. So five and a quarter inch floppy disk. Yes, exactly, exactly. You remember those? 
And I really enjoyed it so much that I've, and I'm not the computer geek kind of computer side of it, but I like the logic behind it. I like the understanding of how things work. So I thought, what can I do to be creative? Because that's really one thing that I've been most of my life. And when we left here, I actually went back to the States to open another Hyatt. And while waiting for the hotel to open, I went back to school and finished my degree and I switched over to information technologies. And it was the great curriculum because it was a sort of a hybrid between business and IT. So I could actually talk the language of the business people, but then I could also talk at least to some degree the, the computer guy's language. And that helped a lot, but it was mainly because of that. And then when I moved back to Aruba, you know, we were just starting to build websites. My first website was in Bath County, Virginia, which is the county seat. And it was the most horrific website I've ever seen. It was horrible, but I was it. <laughs> it was a small town of like 500 people. So, you know, I got lucky that way. And my first project here was websites because when I got here, websites was still kind of a thing like, why do I need a website? You know, what is this internet thing you talk about? So yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Yeah, this is very thing as you said that because I did information technology at uni as well as my dog comes in and joins us for tonight's podcast. And yeah, I remember my COBOL because uh, I learned to program in COBOL as well. And I distinctly recall my lecturer, would he would mark in one thousandth of a point of a percentage. But yeah, I, I've had you know very similar, very similar journey to you. And I found myself being the guy that had to kind of stand on stage to present, you know, the tech projects because you know my yes. uh, more nerdy companions and uh, compatriots in my class, you know, they were good at the tech stuff, the coding, but they, you know try to talk to an audience to convey what it is we actually wanted to do was very, very difficult. You know, we back in the 90s, you know, that this internet thing was brand new and what do I need a website for? I didn't even know what this is. And they were horrible, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember my partner, luckily the, the guy behind me about my age at the time, when I also went back to school, we partnered up on most of our projects. He was the nth degree, really dug down deep, and we always got stuck on stuff because we were drilling in too deep, and I was the big picture guy. The same kind of thing, you know? He was the techie, and I was the, well, wait, hold on, let's take a look at the flow. Let's take a look at the what we're trying to organize here. So I can definitely empathize. I think that's a really important skill to have. You know, we talk about this in entrepreneurship and in business, right? We know how important you know, having that website is. It's really that place where we you know, can articulate what it is we do for clients, but we can't lose sight, as you say, of that bigger picture. This is a piece of technology or this is a piece of marketing collateral that we might, you know, put it in. And that's a hybrid between the two, but we can't lose sight of what this thing is actually for. Okay. Roll me forward. I was, what I was going to say was, you know, when I sit down with a new prospective client, I really do it this way. I say, where are you today? And where is it that you want to go? And then We'll try to fill in the gaps to figure out how the best way to get there, the most efficient and easiest, you know, for everybody. Because that's typically what no one really that you're talking to on the other side cares or knows enough about what you're doing technically that all they want to do is that I want to get from here to there. Okay, let's see how we get we get you there. Well, I think that's the same in everything though, right? We have our skills and I'm here and I want to get to over there. And how does that gonna happen? Yeah. So what I was saying was when you sit down with a client, the easiest way to describe it is where are you today and where do you want to go? And then what we try to do is our best way to the most efficient way to get you from point A to point B. And we try to fill in those gaps. Talking technically doesn't really help. Yeah, I completely understand that. That's certainly the thing that, that we do with our clients as well, right? And the technical detail, right? The website or the Google ads or, you know, your social media content or 
your CRM really are just tools that help you kind of plug that gap, isn't it? Okay. Absolutely. Pull me forward. Yeah. We're building terrible websites for Bath County. Right? We've just moved back to Aruba following the girl. Yeah. Presuming, you know, we were still working with the Hyatt Regency group at that stage, or did you kind of go on, I'm going to do this myself? No, no. What brought us back to Aruba was my wife, headhunter, founder. We were on vacation here. So that brought us back. But by then, I had stepped out of the hotel business. My wife was promoted to a company in Virginia. That's what took us there. And I got to stay at home with our firstborn. And I took him to, when I taught uh, community college classes, he was with me. If I went to the high school to mentor, he was with me, church, soccer field. He was on my back most of the time. So he went everywhere. And I was the stay-at-home dad way back in that time. So yeah, it was pretty nice. But when we got back to Aruba, I thought, hey, let's do this here. No one else was doing it. There was one other guy that was selling websites, but he wasn't from Aruba. He would fly in from Holland. And believe it or not, my first project here wasn't actually me building. I was hired by two women who owned a wedding company that they'd put on weddings. They had hired this 15-year-old kid to build a website, and they wanted to hire me to babysit, basically, because he did really good work, but had no concept of business, had no concept of, well, deadlines. <laughs> Where are you? It's three days, I haven't heard from you, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, so that was my first job here. Is that something you just sort of fell into? Because I know so many, so many entrepreneurs just fall into business, right? We do one thing and someone says, oh, you know, could you do that for me too? And then another one comes along yeah. and another one. Was there a real intent to, you know, build a web development agency at, at that stage? Or, you know, let me, let me rephrase, right? Because web development agencies didn't exist in the 90s. But, you know, was there a real intent to go, I think there's an opportunity here to go down? Yeah. Well, I would like to say yes. I think at that point, my wife and I were still trying to figure out what we we're going to do. We were having our second child on the way in the late 90s. And about 2000, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do this, you know, on my own. So I started my business. I had to incorporate. Actually, I didn't do it in the corporation. It was like a sole proprietorship. They call it Amensak in Dutch. So I started that. And it's kind of like what you said. You know, it's there's very few people that others know that do this kind of stuff. So they go, oh, you should talk to Ross. And it's funny because I think even to this day, 23 years in, even my clients that I've had for many years probably don't even know the name of my company because they only deal with me, right? So, uh, or I'll run into somebody I haven't seen in years. Oh, are you still in IT? IT. I haven't done IT in a hundred years, but that's just because of the moniker that has sort of, you know, followed me along. So to your point, yeah, I think, uh, oh, you need to talk to Ross because he knows about that stuff. Yeah. So how does, how do you go from that to kind of winning these big household names? Talk me through that journey because that's not, you know, a natural transition. It's not suddenly I wake up the next day and having drinks down at the club with, you know, the head of Domino's. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay. So there's two points here. One is we had actually moved from Aruba to Curacao, which is the island next door. And for those three years that we were there, I actually kind of, you know, stepped back a little bit. I had someone local to help me with some of the clients I had at the hotels, but I really wasn't pushing it. But while I was there, I made the decision that when I moved back to Aruba, I was going to incorporate, I was going to become an agency. That was in my mind thinking I really wanted to, you know, go big. So from Curacao, I worked on getting the incorporation done, came back to Aruba. The very first thing I did while I was here was to go back to my dentist for my checkup. And I see an old friend, someone I knew for many years, who was the franchisee from Domino's Pizza. We were there at the dentist at the exact same time, both going like this. And we said, oh, we should hook up. We should chit chat, you know, because I had been gone for three years. And so we did. And he said, well, you know, could you help me with a project just to, you know, they had an agency. And as time went on, I think it was like the latter part of the year, he said, nah, you know, it's not working the way I want. So then he went to the biggest agency on the island. 
And I had proposed to him, I said, listen, instead of paying hourly, why don't you give me a retainer? So I know how much I've got coming in every month and you know how much you have going out every month. And he decided to go with the big agency because he wanted to blow it up. I don't think he lasted two months. And then he called me back and he said, listen, we need to talk and discuss this because you know, you pick up the phone, 15 minutes. They pick up the phone. To, I mean, he was getting billed like for everything. And honestly, to be honest with you, my first thought was just get Domino's as a client because there's no one on the planet who doesn't know who Domino's is. That's really what I was thinking was from a portfolio standpoint. I mean, we had a good relationship and we have really a, a very good relationship now. We've been over seven years now managing every aspect. We work with corporate up in the States when we deal with the website and mobile app because we have that technical background. Of course, we manage all aspects of the marketing, social media, and, and the whole thing. But it's interesting, the manager of Hooters and Benihana, they're both franchisees from someone else that we had just picked up in 2020 when you know, the ship hit the fan. We helped them with an online ordering system because they were obviously doing that then. And he passed away unexpectedly. He was younger than I was. And I was traveling at the time. And so I got back and I sat down with the franchise owner from Domino's. I said, you know, what happens if something happens? This was starting to make me think about, you know, this. And he, you know, he said, you know what? Honestly, the team I've got, you know, the my operations manager is awesome. He knows what he's doing. Lose those first stuff in the office. Everything's set, ready to go. He says, to be honest with you, I'm actually more scared if something happens to you. I said, why me? He said, because you guys are doing things. I have no idea <laughs> what you're doing or how you're doing it. And I would be lost. So I thought that, well, that's pretty good, you know, and, and we have a really good solid relationship. So. I think that's, that's a key, right? You know, it's, it's building the relationship and so much of your business has been built off a, some opportunity, opportunistic relationships, but relationships nonetheless. And it's so critical to kind of understand and go, okay, how can we work together? As you said before, right? You're here. Yeah. Where do you want to go to? Right. And keep that relationship open. I think, you know, when we look at marketing in general, right, you know, we think marketing and so many people think marketing is just the customer acquisition, right? It's my website. As you said, it's my social media ads. And I just do it once. But marketing is so, also much of marketing is about how we keep the relationship alive with our clients as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's like with any relationship with your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. It takes work. It takes good, good communication. You need to kind of have a better understanding of what the other person is looking for. I think from a client standpoint, that's one of the, the key things is to figure out what that person is trying to accomplish. It's, it isn't the company. It's the person that you're dealing with. I have hotel clients that our point of contact was the reservation supervisor because they don't have specifically marketing. And she worked for the revenue manager who was our, our main contact. These are people that have no idea what we do. Those are the kinds of people that we have to deal with to try to extract what it is we need to be able to, whether it's fix the website or get the social media up and running. So yep. it really takes a lot of effort. Yes. Yeah. Talk to me about a system that you have in your business that you rely on and gives you a huge amount of leverage in how you acquire clients? Hey. Well, honestly, I think, I won't say it's a system. I think the people that I have on my team are awesome. And first and foremost, the people give me the confidence to be able to go out and almost say yes to anything because I know their capacity for creativeness, their capacity to fix stuff. We do a lot of nonprofit work as well. And it's really helpful because they can just on a dime, you know, fix things for us. So I think when I leverage anything, it's leveraging the knowledge that I have, the team that I can rely on, even if I'm not here. From a system standpoint, you know, honestly, I think the biggest one would be probably go high level, which is our CRM platform. Uh, we call it Ramp. Our company name is ROI Marketing or Aruba ROI Marketing. 
you know, we try to build that in. And, you know, the fact that there's ROI, automation, marketing platform, you know, you, we're trying to ramp you up, right? And simply that it gives us so many different options that when I'm sitting across from somebody, it doesn't matter what they say, I almost inevitably can figure out a way to help them with even just that one platform. It isn't the end all be all. I mean, there's obviously other things that, that have to happen. We've built some ticketing systems that we use for nonprofit and some other things, loyalty gift cards, not in high level, but we've designed our own to work with other systems to work with high level so that it gives our capacity for automation and the ability to really push it out there and get it done easily. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I, I know I'm very familiar with, with high level and you know, for our listeners who aren't familiar with high level, it's a, a relatively new CRM platform yeah. on the market. And the CRM, although it technically stands for con- contact or customer relationship management, I'll have to spin that and make it contact relationship management, right? Because we can manage any contact in it. And the core of that CRM is is being able to capture and record information about relationships that we need to manage. Right. And very cool thing about high level is it's got a lot of other things that we typically use in our marketing, you know, such as you know, course material, either for customers or even for staff, automations and workflows, reporting, calling, all sorts of stuff, sort of all built into that one platform, which is really awesome. So yeah, I think if you haven't got a CRM, raise your hand, right? Because that's the thing that really helps you scale a lot of massively, doesn't it? It does. You know, so every week for the last 70 plus week, I do a Wednesday Facebook Live. It's called the coffee break. We literally take our coffee break in the morning for 10 minutes and I just share tips, ideas, thoughts, obviously around marketing, but also communication and technology. We'll be doing one in the next couple of weeks on AI. And any type of tip you're out there talking to people about, it's what you mentioned earlier. It's it's trying to manage getting, you know, a flow of customers, right? And but even if they don't become customers, if they're somehow following you on social or whatever, if you can get them to do something, take an action, whether it's, you know, fill in a form and sign up for a newsletter, whatever it is, you have the capacity to start building a relationship with and then maintaining that relationship. And like we mentioned earlier about relationships, that's really where it's it's key. And I think marketing sort of encapsulates that, right? I mean, if you drill down to the core, we don't have this without each other, right? I don't have a marketing company if I don't have a customer or if that customer doesn't have their own customers, you know, it falls apart. So I think that's really sort of, it's new because it's not something that, you know, especially the tech guys, we would have thought of that, that this is where it would be the core to. But we found it started in 2019 and they just keep making it better and better. So, yeah, I was just reflecting as you said that, you know, and going, what is marketing in general? And my son had a business assignment, year 11 business assignment just last year. The question that he actually brought it to me and said, well, dad, you're in marketing. You know what the the hell's going on here? And the question that was asked by his teacher, mind you, having never been a marketer or owned a business herself, was you know, respond to this question. Marketing is inherently evil. You know, discuss. So, you know, and it went on and obviously this was her positioning around. It's the how we push products upon people who mm-hmm. don't need or want them. And I thought that's a really interesting kind of perspective about marketing because I know that's not one that you share, right? Marketing is about building relationships to the point where we provide value to each other. Right. I love this on LinkedIn because, you know, whenever you connect with someone that says, oh, I'm not buying anything today, I was like, well, that's good because I don't know if I like you enough to want to sell something to you. Exactly. You know, but if you've got a problem that I can help, well, let's talk and see if we're a good fit. All right. To me, that is what marketing is. It, marketing really is about the building and maintaining 
of relationships to the point where we become, you know, valuable to each other. And I love that you do that coffee, you know, that regular sort of coffee break to say, well, this is stuff that, you know, I know that I'm happy to share. And if you want to help implementing it, hit us up. If you don't want to help implementing, want to give it a go yourself, by all means, go for it. At least you know about it now. At least you know about it, right? You know, and the game is changing so quickly with AI, of course, that if you're not in front of it, well, you know, you're going to miss the wave. Yes. You know, someone else is going to, if it is, right, there's a constant struggle in the marketplace for ascendancy. If you're not growing, someone else will be taking, you know, that opportunity in front of you. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Now, our listeners know that I do a regular, you know, quick fire at the end, and I did pre-warn you with these ones a little bit, but let's finish out today's podcast with some quick questions for you. What do you think is the one unique skill that you have that's helped you be successful? Skill or just, I think, you know, I have the innate meaning that's inside of me, right? The innate ability to just be positive and my sort of outgoingness makes it very easy for me to talk to anyone, almost about anything, anywhere. You mentioned earlier about opportunities. I am that kind of person that I am always thinking in the back of my mind of, about opportunities because you don't know when they're going to pop up. So if you're not prepared or ready for it, you will miss it and go, oh my God, why did I say something, right? So my, I think my skill of just you know being a good communicator and being genuinely outgoing and positive, I think that's really what helps. Yeah, love that. Still remember a fridge magnet I saw in a friend's fridge. God, must be doing amazing right now. That's it. Opportunity doesn't knock. Yep. Right? You are the opportunity. You open the door. Absolutely. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I've had this question, if I was on a desert island, what would I want that one thing to be, that one meal? I, <laughs> this is going to be strange. I love peanut butter. So I don't know if you have them in Australia, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I could live on those. I almost do. I have them quite frequently because I, it's got protein, but it's just the taste of peanut butter. So I know that's not a meal, but honestly- oh, look, let's, let's go with it. Peanut butter it is. My favorite, yeah. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich, PB and J's. Have you ever seen, there's a fantastic YouTube video, I think it's like you know the instructions video on how to create a PB and J sandwich. Oh, really? I'll send it to you at some point, right? Okay, yeah. If you find it, we'll put it in the show notes as well. There's some instructions on, you know, a guy is literally trying to teach his kids how to do, or not get the kids to write instructions on how to construct a PB&J sandwich. Oh, my uh, God. And it's hilarious, right? It just goes on and on and on. The kids are, like, getting super frustrated. They're going, <laughs> I love it. They just take an absolutely true, but, yeah, fantastic video. And, and, like, you know, when you were teaching, you talked about how, effective your team are at doing stuff right that your business could run without you which is like where we want to get it to right we want to be able to do the things yep. when they have the lifestyle that our business is going to facilitate not be necessarily tied yep. to it but if we can't convey that genius inside you into a system or an automation or a mm. crm or something or people to execute on your behalf you'll never get there so definitely check out the pb and j video okay we'll do two more questions the first of those what is your Favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? Oh, shit. If you were to ask my wife that, she'd be like, really? You're asking Ross that question? Because I am one of those that I can accomplish a lot of things, but in such a hazard way, you'd almost not even know that Like, I'll jump from one thing to another just because my mind will 
address something, I can move to it and then go back and I can do it. So I can't say that it's a hack, but I will say this. I found this last November, the life hack method, I think is what it's called. The life tribe, maybe I'll have to send you the link because I should have looked it up. But Demir Bentley and his wife, they live in Colombia. They started this years ago. They have boot camps. They have this whole program. And I finally decided that I needed someone to guide me. And they have absolutely some incredibly good hacks, I guess, for lack of a better word. But what I loved so much about it was that it was detailed in a path. I had to follow this journey to get to where it's, you know, where I needed to go. And luckily I found it in the end of November. So by December, they were having their annual sort of pre-planning year for us. So I've definitely jumped on that. It helped me to not only create my vision for the year, but like in 12 months from now, what could I see myself doing five years down the road? Then it taught us on how to fill in these gaps, uh, these steps to getting there. And then every Friday, although I've been a little lax lately, but every Friday I would take, go off. That's what they said. Don't do it in your office. Don't do it at home. Go off somewhere to your favorite place, have a nice drink or whatever. And think about the next week to week and a half of what you need to do and start to fill in those little gaps so that when the week gets here, you already know exactly what you're going after. I'll send you the link. I, I actually think it's one of the best things that's ever happened for me. Yeah, I love that. That's there's something about it, so much about it. planning, intentionality, yes. and accountability to getting where you want to go. I love that. Ross, last question. Where can we find you? Where can we watch you doing your coffee break? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because I never get invited anywhere. They always say, oh, we'll come down. You can come to Australia anytime. I have no beach here. But- that is on my list, actually. that's uh, That was one of my five-year goal because my wife wants to retire within that time. I chose Australia because she wants to go to Australia and New Zealand. So, Okay, so rossbrezivar.com is my mobile profile. So I use it for my, uh, you know, those business cards that are digital that you just tap. Uh, I've got a tap card uh, or QR code. But if you go to Aruba, R-O-I, so return on investments to arubaroi.com, that's our website. Just like pretty much any other marketer, I'm horrible at my own stuff, but it does give a pretty good synopsis of what we do. And we are bringing some new products to the marketplace soon. So uh, that's where it'll be. Fantastic. Excited to check it out, mate. Excited to have you come out and visit in Australia. Excited to bring my wife. Yes, everybody. Sometime. Absolutely. A house swap, maybe. <laughs> Done. Sounds good. Sounds good. Guys, thanks for joining us again on another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Ross, really appreciate you joining us and share some of your wisdom developed over the last 25 years in marketing and a few more years in IT and talking about where things are going and some of the, the fantastic tips that you've shared with us today about how that you've generated your success and hopefully you listeners who've joined us on this episode will take away some thoughts and ideas from that as well that you can put into your own business and into your own life. Again, Ross, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.